what's your fear i know this is a very unusual way of starting a podcast episode but i definitely want all of us to think about this question what is it that is stopping you what is it that is stopping you from taking that next step in your personal life or in your professional life or maybe with something that you have been wanting to start for a very very long time but have been contemplating about maybe you are scared about the embarrassment that comes along maybe you are scared about the failure maybe you are scared about the insecurity that can come along which could be financial or social maybe you think you do not deserve that thing maybe you think you do, you are not good enough you're not good enough for the next promotion you're not good enough for the life partner that's that's standing right in front of you but yeah you're scared what is it that you are scared of what's your fear having said this today i got this brilliant opportunity of interacting with this wonderful wonderful person who began with a very very innovative concept in india and has taken her company from a very small level to a nationwide company in this episode we are talking about how did she began her journey what are her foundational values what inspires or motivates her so now without any further ado let's get right into the episode Hello people. Welcome to People's Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host Priyanka Oja and I hope you enjoy the session. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome again. Thank you so much for staying tuned in. Before we jump into the episode, if in case you guys are interested to know about more career opportunities, about what people exactly do or just behind the scenes of People's stories feel free to follow us on instagram or just send me a connect invite on linkedin welcome to today's episode of people's stories today we have vedika tibrawal in the studio with us i'm extremely excited to have her here because she belongs to an area which is totally unexplored at least from my perspective i don't know anything about this so i'm super super excited to talk to her thank you so much vedika for joining us It's a pleasure Priyanka thank you so much for having me <laughs> So uh, uh, just a little introduction about Vedika from my side before she can give her own introduction she is basically the founder of a very innovative concept at least in India it's not very popular as far as i know it's called uh, Scoopski cookie dough and she has been basically managing the entire operations or let's say the entire company on her own from for the past 3 years just very recently did her post graduation from masters of management in food and beverage from sta bocconi milan <laughs> i'm not sure if i said the name correctly vedika that's correct that's <laughs> okay correct. so uh, i am very very thrilled to have you now please introduce yourself tell me something more about yourself um anything that you want to share about you Perfect. So, uh, you did the right introduction. I am the founder of Scoopski Cookie Dough, and that's India's first edible cookie dough company. Uh, we make desserts in jars, and that dessert is uh, sort of versatile in nature. You can have it in multiple ways. You can either have it straight from the jar, or you can bake cookies, put it into milkshakes, or uh, make pies, dessert, whatever you want with it. Be as creative as you want with it. Um, so that is. one part of my one part of me i'd say and the other part is that uh, i am a very very passionate reader and i love reading about um, all industries in terms of uh, what people are building new and that's why i have started my uh, whatsapp newsletter as well which is called time with data 
and therein my partner and i we feature one company every single day uh to our community so that is something that's a different part of me that i'm trying to build uh and trying to gain knowledge in a way that we haven't done before which is bite sized knowledge but still informative enough to you know intrigue intrigue us uh, in different ways so that we are inspired enough to start something new in india uh so yeah these are the two things that i do on a daily basis and, and apart from that uh, i'm a major major foodie <laughs> uh, and um, i'd like to say i'm a fashion enthusiast as well yeah okay i mean i i can i can see all of these things in you and i mean i did some some kind of background research before we did this in, before we are doing this interview so i I can definitely agree to all of that and now I first the first thing that I want to ask like you are super young you have your own um company how does it feel like how do you feel about it Honestly uh, it's a mixed emotion because I started quite early with Scoopski so I didn't really ever get a chance to explore anything else So if someone says that you know they are really really happy with the fact that they had their own startup and they're a startup at that age Of course there is there are two sides to it the grass is always greener on the other side i feel but of course own what you have right so uh, from that perspective i am really grateful and proud of what i have built as of now um but then again if i did have more exposure towards everything else and maybe like uh, a job which would have given me a little bit more experience before i started something new of my own then probably i would have taken a different path so that would have been a different predictive future but i'm i'm pretty glad with where i am currently and i'm making mistakes and i'm learning that's so that's the best that thing is, <laughs> yeah right. so that is something you sort of have to do if you start off early because there's no other way to go forward if you don't make mistakes so that is something i'm doing every single day <laughs> and moving forward <laughs> I mean I think that's the best thing that you can do. I mean uh considering learning from your own experiences is something uh which a, I think a very few people really do that. Like a lot of people know it but knowing and doing is a different right different thing. So uh are you getting some kind of uh help or support or consultation from anybody in your business or are you doing every single thing on your own? So when it comes to operations and conducting the operations of the business on my own when it comes to growth consulting of course i consult people like uh, my father is an entrepreneur he has built his business from scratch and he is growing it currently so uh, he is like my role model when it comes to any entrepreneur advice so of course i go to him and plus i have built my own network of uh, people who are skilled in this genre and people who can mentor me for specific things so i do go to them for advice uh but apart from that uh the daily operations is specifically done by me but um like i i think i can consider myself a fast learner so i learn from books podcasts etc and then i try and implement that in my business because the best part about being your own boss is that you can get away with it very easily as well <laughs> so <laughs> in case i make any mistake those are my mistakes to own yeah Yeah, so that, that's very a very brave statement, uh, by the way, to say that you own your own mistakes. You know, I mean, that's a very good approach that you have. And before, before Vedika, I jump into understanding every single thing about your business and about how you think about stuff. Uh, I also want to understand a little more about you. So you mm-hmm. are from Kolkata, back in India, right? 
Right. So what is your educational background? And also what do you do apart from apart from not working? Okay, so uh, I graduated in economics in Kolkata itself. And shortly after, I started Scoopski. So that's when I realized that my true calling lies in the food and beverage industry in whichever capacity possible. I mean, I did not ever consider myself a chef. I'm more of a closet chef. Um, more so like I can do the best out of waste, I feel. I can come <laughs> up with lazy kitchen hacks, but I can never ever be a chef. I'll be the most terrible chef ever. <laughs> so that's where I understood that, okay, fine, behind the kitchen is not my role. Maybe ahead of the kitchen is. So that's where I understood that if I want to do something in the F&B space, it is definitely not going to be a chef, but it might just be something in management. And uh, by the time I already started Scoopsky, but since it was my first venture and since it was right out of college, and since it was the first one of its kind in India, I sort of felt that I was lacking some direction which I wanted to uh, perfect on. Uh, and that's why I decided to go for my master's. But then again, master's and uh, Scoopski went hand in hand. So that was a very difficult and crucial phase of my life because I was managing both my business and my master's at the same time. Mm, yeah. So usually people either substitute that with someone else. I mean, they give hand over, hand over the business to someone else uh, and go for their master's or they put it as a pause and then come back from their master's and do their business, mm. etc. I considered all of those probabilities, but it just didn't feel right to, you know, stop something that I just started a year back. Mm. I just felt that it had so much potential to grow being a fourth mover in the industry. But at the same time, if I didn't hone my skills, I wouldn't be able to take it as far as I can yeah. uh, at this point. Yeah, no, I so think that's why... Mm -hmm. I, I agree with, yeah. with uh, what you're saying and I agree with the fact that you decided to, you know, hone your skills and go to the next level and try to do stuff. But how did you come with this concept of cookie dough? Like how, so I understand that you had like your inclination towards the F&B industry and you wanted to get into it. But why especially cookie dough? What's the story behind this? Right. So I had gone to the US for my summer school, which was uh, back when I was in second year of college. And uh, so cookie dough is a very Western concept. People in the US and UK, they have grown up having batter from the bowl itself as kids. So we as kids wouldn't really make cookies. We would have halwa, we would have cakes, etc. But uh, kids in the West would have cookies straight from the uh, as a batter itself. And that was sort of nostalgic for them. And that sort of turned around as a product in the US in 2017 and was named as the food trend of 2017 back then. And I happened to be in the US at that time and I tried this product and it completely blew me away because it was number one versatile. It was number two, so relatable to your palate. And number three, it came in so many flavors. So it completely blew me away. But at that time, I was a mere consumer of the product. I just really enjoyed having that product. And I came back. But once I came back, I just couldn't stop thinking about it because there was nothing of that sort in India. And nobody was even thinking of doing so because people first had to be educated about what that product was. In their head, it was constantly like, it's a batter, it's raw. How can you just eat it? Yeah. Right? So people didn't understand the concept. And yes, that's true. It's raw. You're not supposed to eat it raw. But then this batter is made in a way that is edible. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind so, of... Hmm that changes the entire concept. I mean, the production itself. So the batter is made in a way that it makes it 100% safe to eat. Mm. So that is something I wanted to sort of put my head and figure out 
because um it's it's food after all you know it is not rocket science it's mm. food you can go terribly wrong with it but you can go spot on with it as well yeah, yeah so yeah. after a lot of experimentations and like reading and you know just like getting my hands dirty i sort of figured out the right combination and then we got it tested multiple testing in the lab mm-hmm. um which is the food labs uh to get the texture right to get the nutrient values right uh to get the shelf life right and after that is when the product formulation was sorted mm-hmm. so- and once that was done we Started. Yeah. So I mean, now I want to, uh, I want to jump into your brain. You know, <laughs> I want to understand. So you had you you got accustomed to this concept in in America, and you came back, and you really liked it. And then probably you started doing your own research. But how did it how did it convert from being an idea to being a product? Like, what was the journey there? Okay, so very frankly speaking, I am since you want like a deep dive into my brain, I'll just give you that on the paper itself. Is that I am a person who embarrasses very, very, uh, rarely. So I can, I mean, it's it's very difficult for me to embarrass myself. Like my threshold of embarrassment is super, super, super low. So that way, if I am doing something and it goes terribly bad. I will not feel embarrassed. It's it's just something that I've probably acquired over a while or built over a while that uh, it's very difficult for me to embarrass myself. So that way, I am not afraid to make as many mistakes. Okay. And which is why when I um the first iteration of the product that I made, the absolute first iteration, that day itself, I put out posters saying that okay, this is what I'm doing now, without a second consult at all. So that was like um, the MVP that I had sort of made the the minimum viable product of my uh, apparent business that I wanted to build. The first product that I made that day itself, I put out posters and WhatsApp forwards saying, "Okay, now I'm taking orders for cookie dough," and without thinking twice of what people think of me, without even thinking twice of what people think of the product. I like the product. My family like the product. I'm like, okay, I'm selling it now. because i was right out of college and i wanted to do something and um, we there was a while till the time exam started etc and basically there was just a big chunk of free time available and i'm like might as well put that to use so that happened so i mean to look look back at it in retrospect had i not done that i would have probably never started scooping yeah so you said you finished your bachelor's and you weren't basically for a part of your i think semester or trimester whatever system you have you were in your mm-hmm. uh, in america right uh, right how did you not get caught up in that uh, job finding thing like were your friends not doing it do you have that kind of circle where everybody is you know has an entrepreneurial ship uh, spirit or or something of that sort no not really so initially when uh, so my harvard stunt was in my second year but my college period is 3 years So after the third year, everybody started looking for jobs, or everybody started applying for masters. Like these were the only two routes that people were taking. And at that point, I could consider either I could consider either going for masters or I could consider going for a job. But at that point, and that's some this is something I have always been told in my life also that always be an employer, not an employee. And that is something that stuck with me since high school. that you know only if you are able to command your own terms will you be able to build a life that you want 
I get and it. that is something that I wanted to do straight from college because once you get stuck in that corporate ladder, you just get stuck, and there's no coming out unless and until you're really determined to. Absolutely, I I totally agree with you. And do you would you regard your um the the spirit of yours where you wanted to have your own thing and you were. I'm sure you were you were not like um thinking about your other friends you know getting jobs and getting a little more secure place right in the beginning where you are still trying to explore stuff. Do you think this comes from your parents from your um parental background? Yes, definitely. Both my parents in fact they have always always pushed me to do something of my own. No matter how nuanced I am at it, they they would always want me to do something of my own. Every time I would come up with a business idea and I mean that would happen every second day I suppose because uh, even in college I used to participate a lot in business fests and business plan competitions etc so I just had a curious mind and I would come up with the most bizarre ideas possible like absolute bizarre ideas possible but the good thing is that my family always sat and brainstormed with me about it they told me the pros and cons they never dismissed any idea they never told me that okay don't be stupid don't think about this They always told me this is why it will work. This is why it will absolutely not work. So they showed me how to sort of weigh the pros and cons, yeah. and then take any decision. I mean, they were just not blindly, you know, letting you do whatever you want. They were also try- trying to sort of be your critic and try to trying to make you understand right. how what could go wrong. Where should you think more about it? Right. So that's a really good thing. I mean, I think uh, having parents of those kind is like a really good thing to have, where you where your guidance is coming right from them. You know, from their experiences. That's mm-hmm. that's really nice. Um, So Vedika now let's let's get into your professional life. So now tell me how does your work day look like? So my work day currently we are in lockdown. So my work day is pretty standard in a lockdown with a, a a lot of troubleshooting that goes on every single day. Uh but it starts off with uh, firstly client emails. It starts off with the tons of client emails because overnight whichever client has written to you I feel the first thing one company should do is write back to their clients or at least approach their clients the first thing in the morning because I mean if there are no clients there's no business right so vendors aside or workers aside employees aside clients come first for us so that's what we do we take one problem at a time if there are any and then we address that after that we go on uh with the regular flow of businesses as to what inventory needs to be used and what production needs to happen because we produce almost every single day since our product has a limited shelf life we produce every single day so based on the previous day's orders we understand what quantities of inventory will be required and accordingly we dispatch that um once the entire once that process is done the dispatch of the day is done then we sit and understand uh what inventory do we have left at the end of the day who else are we supposed to supply to and then comes the b2b part of the business because we supply to cafes um, and uh, uh, we have tied up with a couple of wedding companies as well to do bulk wedding orders and basically do corporate gifting etc so then we take on that side of the business and we're constantly innovating so one part of the day definitely goes into uh, brainstorming on our social media because our social media is, i feel is one of our assets currently and we consider it as one as well so we do invest a lot of time and money and effort on our social media so that it can just keep on giving us returns yeah. as an asset mm-hmm. okay so we and- brainstorm on what our vision is supposed to be our voice is supposed to be on social media what kind of posts we should be doing etc on right. a daily basis mm-hmm. and uh, so vidika how many production plants or do you have like a manufacturing unit a production plant what, how is the setup 
we have one workshop in kolkata mm-hmm. and we are currently in the middle of setting up another production unit uh so that product we have only one right now but uh, through that since our production happens every single day yeah. we are able to supply uh, across india how did you understand this whole thing about like what's your target population who do you want to focus on how do you want to mm-hmm. strategize the whole sales process how do you want to strategize the whole manufacturing process how was this mm-hmm. whole journey uh, discovery journey for you <laughs> So I'd say it's it was a lot of trial and error, very frankly speaking, very very uh tedious process. But then uh I mean had I not had this entire journey of trial and error, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you exactly why I'm doing what. So you know that entire journey was very important. Uh, so initially we started off with uh the thinking that our target market would probably be kids. and uh, say teenagers or probably people who are right out of college who are experimental in nature but then slowly and steadily we started realizing that our target market is slightly older than that say uh, somewhere around 22 to 28 uh, and that bracket sort of fits people who are doing their first job or people who are new moms or people uh, who are who have just gotten married so you know it it started move, shifting towards that uh, sort of generation and that's when we realized that even if kids want the product it's their moms who buy it so it might as well target moms so that's how we sort of understood what our targeting should be like and what our communication should be like and both are separate your targeting is one type of one group or one demographic but your voice for that demographic is very very crucial so for that we have different sets of sort of performance marketing running at all points one is targeting moms one is targeting party goers one is targeting uh, people who have just gotten a new job etc so we sort of understood the target market uh, after a lot of trial and error and after speaking to a lot of clients uh, asking them have they used the product themselves or have they given it out as a gift to someone else and at a lot of times so initially i used to sit and write all the order notes that we used to get on the website myself okay and all the order notes till date are handwritten So initially I used to do that but then I suddenly realized that my handwriting is really bad for that so I <laughs> sent it to someone else but I enjoyed that part and I really sort of got an insight into the consumer because I have written breakup notes I have written love notes I have written notes for people uh who are sending it to a long distance mother I have written the most heartwarming of notes and the most silliest of notes so you know that sort of gave me a great insight on what my consumer is and who my consumer is yeah so that way it was a it was a very very interesting journey mm-hmm. but uh, now the clientele that we cater to is somewhere from the age of 18 to the age of 30 32 mm-hmm. and uh, vedika now i i'm also a little curious about your masters so you did your masters mm-hmm. in food and a masters of management in food and beverages what do you exactly study there and and um, like you are an entrepreneur so uh, you would know that side of the side so you are an entrepreneur and you would know that side of the story but i also want to understand from you if you have this idea as to if somebody is wa- wanting to get into corporate world how would this mm-hmm. this uh, education degree in general help So this education degree basically teaches you everything that there is to know about the food and beverage industry from a management point of view. So you learn everything that is uh, starting from 
supply chain management to inventory management to production management so if you want to be uh, say the production head of any big factory or if you want to be the supply chain logistics manager of um, say nestle or britannia or any any big food and beverage company it teaches you specific skill sets for that role so consider this um, an mim or an mba but for the food and beverage industry so the modules are absolutely the same the module is to understand business models to brainstorm on business models to understand uh, the financial so, so a big part of this was financial modeling and accounting uh, a big part of it was um, you know manufacturing uh, management so if if i mean basically it shows you uh, how to run a plant as well the the amount of inventory you should be getting how what the churn rate is uh, what should be your out outward stock how to maintain stock all of that so it's basically uh, another module of management but from the food and beverage point of view so they will teach you all the case studies will be based out of um, food and beverage companies and uh, their real life stories in the past their real case studies in the past and uh, the people you'll be networking with will be food and beverage companies uh, your um, sort of field visits will be for food and beverage companies for example maybe a vineyard or maybe a ferrero so these companies are the field visits that you'll have and it's very concentrated towards the food and beverage industry but the holistic understanding is from a management point of view understood i mean you, so basically your the aim is to get your get students specialized in the food and beverages mm-hmm. sector although we are, you are mm-hmm. still dealing with the management part of it but then specifically mm-hmm. for the food and food and beverage industry right so that will be your specialization so uh, i mean given an mba and you you will have Uh, a stronger hold on a role which is given by a food and beverage company mm. but your skill set will be the same as an mba yeah 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 Understood. because you're studying the same modules mm. and why milan so is is this like the best university or so uh, this is one of the only universities in the world that offers this course and oh, okay. uh, also and starbucks is one of the best management schools in the world as well mm. and uh, italy is the best place to go if you want to learn anything for about food and beverage so why not milan <laughs> and how was your experience by, there in italy i mean i know it, it happened it all happened during pandemic but still <laughs> no, it started before we knew that corona existed and it started in um, 2019 october and uh, it came to a short end in february 2020 which is when i had to come back mm-hmm. uh, but from october till feb it was a blast it I had the best time i had the best wine and the best pizza so <laughs> no complaint but um yeah it, it's a it's a peculiar country i feel with very peculiar people uh and it's it's, it's a blast to be around them because some things you will just not understand being an indian and some things they will just not understand being european yeah so uh, like as an indian i had uh, an innate need to put oregano and chili flakes into everything <laughs> italian that i would eat and, and they would get furious yeah. like i could see the smoke come out of their ears they would get that <laughs> furious 
I'm like, this is something I've been doing since I was born, you know. <laughs> How can you get curious at that? And they take offense. Yeah. So they are very, very passionate and possessive about their food. Exactly. Which is about something the... I really admire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have the similar, I have a similar experience. They're also very passionate about the cl- kind of flavor mix they are doing. So if you want to get like a ketchup or a mayonnaise spread on your oh, uh, no. <laughs> Italian stuff, that's totally out of question. God save you. <laughs> You would. I don't think restaurants even have it. I mean, uh, no, this... no, no, they don't. Yeah, they get offended if you ask for salt. Yeah, I know. You can't ask for extra salt. I know. I mean, th- it's crazy. But uh, so, what I specifically ve- like very, very much about European countries in general is they, first of all, they know what they are doing, and then they they sort of honor and respect it be it their food be it their culture be it their language whatever it is you know you want to hold hold up to it and you are very proud about it that's true they they love defending their own culture at every point whenever they can and a specific thing about italians is that uh, they they believe in leisure yeah <laughs> that is their belief it's like you know you work but you work only till a certain point so that you can live a life exactly it's not like you work 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 and then comes a point in your life where you can actually live it's not like that in fact italy has it's one of the only countries that has an entire month off for every single citizen <laughs> in that country august is off for italians yeah. that was bizarre for me i mean like, how can you function as a country if you have the entire august off Yeah. for everyone yeah yeah how uh, does that work i mean i think that's that's the whole that's the whole beauty of um europe in general the work life balance is like super amazing and they put a lot of focus on your personal life how i am so seeing you basically i'm seeing you as a person who's like super energetic who who is kind of a go getter you want to get stuff done and you're not scared i mean definitely people have their own uh, you know that anxiety thing or the fear thing or whatever but i think it's not very it's not a major it's not a decision maker sort of thing in your life but was there ever a phase when when you felt low when you felt like okay uh, i don't know what i'm doing or anything where you were not very sure about stuff uh definitely so this was when i was in milan again and my business was doing well but i want i could see a i could foresee a future in europe because i was loving the life there i was loving my course there and i was having conversations with people uh wherein they were talking about their future in europe and that's when um like i was in sort of a middle of a situation where i was thinking should i continue with scoopski or should i think of a future here because the future here seems very rosy and seems absolutely perfect based on you know the kind of fantasy land that i've always wanted but then my business was also doing well at that point it wasn't like you know it was going down the drain or something or it was like having a rough phase low phase that i could okay think of shutting it down or something it was doing well at that point and at the same time it was it's a it was a major major trade off so at that point in my head it was like this is the time where i can define my life if i define my life in a way that i that europeans do then that'll be my entire life or if i go back to india that'll be my entire life you know this is the sort of midway that i need to understand what i want and that gave me a lot of anxiety for days for days because i just couldn't understand what i'm supposed to do where i'm supposed to go because i couldn't consult anybody else who's been in the same position i was in 
I didn't know anybody else who ha- who had been running a business and was still running a business while pursuing a life in another country. So I didn't know if I could approach someone with the same mentality or who could give me absolutely unbiased advice for this. So I was on my own at that point and just didn't know what to do. But lucky for me, uh, sort of uh, <laughs> the universe took the decision for me and brought Corona <laughs> and brought me back to India. <laughs> <laughs> so then I didn't have to take the decision the decision was taken for me and I came back <laughs> that, I feel like that's the that's a very positive approach of your I mean I can I can imagine somebody being in the same situation and being absolutely um, you know devastated thinking that oh my god you know I thought this way but the things are not happening how I thought and now I have to totally change my approach or whatever but it's a very good approach to take in general because it's like whatever is coming your way take i mean take it in in that way right so make make best out of whatever is present in front of you right so uh, my approach with that is that you know as long as you are taking the decision there should not be any regrets in life mm-hmm. because i mean had i had corona not happened had i still been in europe and I, had i chosen to live in europe i would have dealt with the consequences regardless of what they would be so that way i i don't believe in regrets if i am taking the decision then i am going to face the consequences and i am going to face the upsides of it as well mm-hmm. but if a decision is being taken for me and i then i face the consequences then i'm not okay with it at all mm-hmm. vidika this this thing of yours make me very very curious about uh, understanding where does your backbone lie how, so how like your whole thought process because you also mentioned this part earlier that whatever steps you are taking whatever decisions you are taking you would own stuff so even if things go wrong you would own it uh, whether they go right you would own it so what are the values that sort of drive you i feel just being independent is what have always stood for being independent in every single way is something that i've always stood for be it uh, the independence of taking your own decision being the independence of living where you want to uh, being financial independence whatever wherever i am i can take control of i will take control of mm. that doesn't um, sort of define me as a control freak because i'm not <laughs> uh, i am okay with things going sloppy i'm okay with things going absolutely messy uh i'm not a control freak that way but i do not like being dictated in any way which is why i don't think i would do very well in a job because i am sort of a rebel in that way if i feel something is right let me justify it to you if it does not feel right to you then give me ways in why it doesn't feel right to you don't just tell me a no because that is something i can't take justify your no i will absolutely understand but don't just tell me a no for the sake of it that is something i have never been able to process through my life if my parents would ever tell me a no i would argue with them not because i want them to consider that i am right i want them to give me an answer for why there is a no yeah that was going to be my next question you know i wanted to ask how how was your relationship with your parents then because <laughs> no they have also sort of uh eased out to it after a while because i mean oh, initially i would come across as stubborn hmm. but then even they understood i'm not stubborn i'm just curious if you're saying no for a reason yeah tell me that reason <laughs> You know, we are not kids anymore. We're not five, six. That we won't understand your reasons. Yeah. We are old enough to process things, mm. even if if it comes late to us. Mm. At least tell us why things are happening a particular way. Mm. So that way, I'm very, very rational. I'd say, and mm. that rationality has come with age. Mm. So uh, I feel at any point, 
any kind of freedom that i want has to be the freedom of taking my own decisions mm. okay. and my own decision in any way yeah so uh, one thing that i strive for with my business also i mean not scoops key in particular but anything that i do in life is to attain financial freedom mm. um perfect i mean i think i think <sighs> I think Vedika I, you are one of the most clear person persons I've met like really knowing their shit really knowing every single thing that they Oh no <laughs> they want I mean at least it appears appears that way that you are, that you know what you want <laughs> It's just that I am very clear with a few uh, sort of principles that I have but what I'm going to do with those principles I don't know <laughs> I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like I don't know what a month from now is going to look like but as long as i have those principles sorted i think i'll be good mm. and when you said i mean I, i'm curious so when you said uh, oh no i mean you're not very very sure about stuff what is it that you're <laughs> unsure of like is it something which is which is there in your day to day life or on a longer on a longer mm. perspective on a longer time frame there's something that you're not very sure of and you want to figure it out still right so with scoopski we're thinking of an expansion plan right and that expansion plan was supposed to been play by now it was supposed to be in play by april may and we are sitting in may right now but that hasn't panned out so of course uh, the corona has set away plans for everyone in every industry so you can't really pinpoint and say this is why this is happening but i'm just like little skeptical about the foreseeable future that you, you never know what wave might come across again and mm. what you know what things it might wipe out yeah. but uh, just being cautious and being optimistic about it so hopefully if the expansion plan works out and if our uh, plan future in future works out then um, it'll be great it'll be exactly what i had thought of but if it doesn't then a lot of contingency plans will be have will have to be made okay. and that is something i'm a little skeptical of okay i i, I was going to ask so do you have like a plan b already in place but that's something no. that has to no. be okay I don't have any plan B in place. Right now. <laughs> do you think it helps, like at least being in the entrepreneurial uh, area? Do you think it helps to not have a plan B? It definitely does. If you do, if you have a plan B, then you will never be hundred percent vested in your plan A. Mm. But if you have a plan A, which is reversible with very very low consequences, then that's the best kind of plan you can have. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean that that's that's like you'll have one plan. Yeah. That's actually a very good strategy. So you basically want to have a plan which could which could also be molded given situation goes south or something happens and you can also mold the whole thing to form something new then. So you have that contingency right. pl- placed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Vedika. I mean, uh, it's it's very very interesting to talk to you, and I have so many other questions about the whole uh, the whole business part of it. But I, but because we want to focus a little more about about you and your own story now, I want to take your advice on um, anybody fo- who wants to start their own business or anybody who wants to get into food and beverages industry. What advice would you give? um i wouldn't give any advice in specifically to food and beverage i would give an advice in general for uh, any company that one person wants to start is that either look for an unfair advantage that you can make the most of or look for something that will drive you every single day by unfair advantage i mean uh, maybe a personal brand maybe uh, an existing sort of community that you can tap into maybe a product that nobody else has or Uh, can make that is an unfair advantage. 
or something that you're so passionate about that that passion itself will drive you every day for example say fashion stylists fashion stylists are extremely passionate and they love the work that they do so even with the with the crowd of fashion stylists that are there in the world couple of them stand out they stand out because they put in that kind of effort and that kind of love into the work that they do every single day so that is not a job that is very difficult to get into that is not a job that requires a lot of capital that that is not a job that requires a lot of fame and attention from day one right but that is something that requires a lot of passion from your end mm. so go for these two yeah there there i was having this conversation with another person uh when i was working with a startup and uh at that time i was also thinking about something uh, about something that i wanted to do and what advice he gave me or basically what the, he said this line and it stuck with me forever he said that uh if you're thinking about an idea if you want to begin something uh imagine that you have to sleep with that thing for the next 7 years if you can imagine right. doing that i mean and I, mm-hmm. i think he said 7 years because that's like the the typical break even uh point mm-hmm. when generally businesses are able to sort of get into that uh, profit making area so if you're mm-hmm. able to do that then think of getting into it otherwise it's just a fluke <laughs> right that's true but i feel 7 years is also a little too pushed because right now whatever your passion is that thing might change after a year hmm as long as you're passionate about it now and you're willing to turn that into a business and you are willing to give in your 100% for that passion yeah go for it yeah and then see how it pans out exactly i mean how it depends it exactly so it depends on the kind of business that you want to do right so if it if it is something which is like super capital intensive where you want to set up a factory or a manufacturing unit for example then it's a big it's it's a big risk that you are taking so you have to be a little <laughs> more sure about whether right. you want to do it or not but then if it's mm-hmm. things like for example being an influencer then that's mm-hmm. not a very big risk i would say i mean you can uh, you can you have the possibility to do a lot of stuff with it yeah true and one more thing i always believe and i always talk about is having a side hustle a side hustle is something that i will always promote because your business is something that defines you in a way that you cannot detach but a side hustle is something that you can give in your passion into and give in your free time into and that is something that will grow you exactly until the time money is not your primary motivation that thing itself is going to fetch you money in the future that is something i totally believe in so dine with data started off as my uh, side hustle and we used to post um, on dine with data every single day just because we were curious we did not mint a single penny till the time uh, we actually grew to a certain level and that we grew organically without even trying to grow without even putting out any kind of communication that we are growing this business so that is something if you do something passionately as a side hustle it will grow on its own mm-hmm. as long as you are doing it diligently i think that's also something that you try to do with your own with scoopski as well right you wanted to grow organically mm-hmm. so right mm-hmm. yeah Okay um Vedika I had a brilliant conversation with you thank you so much for your time it was absolutely fun to know about you and about your whole business thank you so much for your for giving us your time here thank you Priyanka this was a blast i had fun i had a lot of fun and i hope your podcast grows leaps and bounds and a lot <laughs> more people listen to it thank you so much Vedika thanks a lot
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If in case you guys are interested to know more about different career opportunities, know about what people exactly do, how do they reach there, or are just interested in behind the scenes of people's stories, feel free to follow us on Instagram or send me a connect invite on LinkedIn.